Enjoying this podcast, probably getting closer and closer to race day, so we're going to try to keep it nice and short uh, than we have been in the past. So no Phil's fired up, but we will take a look at some money line picks to win, a couple top tens, daily fantasy roster officially called out. We've got those out there right now, and then three head-to-head picks. We'll talk about why only three this week. So looking forward to, to getting to those and coming out victorious on those. But we will start... By recapping Texas, it was a long, drawn-out, four rainy days at Texas, Fort Worth. And at the end of it, when the mist settled, I know a lot of people don't want to even hear that word ever again, mist, because that was really the culprit early on. I mean, it wasn't even rain, just mist. But after the mist settled and the jet dryers were done, it was Kyle Busch reigning victorious and who had Kyle Busch with the big money ticket plus 1500 full tank fill listeners that's right we had him plus 1500 it felt phenomenal when Clint Boyer pulled off on a pit road and Kyle took over and didn't look back plus 1500 he was our long shot last weekend and absolutely cashed in really feels good to get back into victory lane so he was the first non-playoff winner in three years. So makes sense though. I mean, Kyle is just that kind of guy. I mean, he, he should be in the playoffs. Um, most people would think that. So very interesting. And it was also kind of interesting to see how the sports books played this one as the days went on. There were some live betting options and Kyle actually got you know, shorter odds as the the days went on. So he was plus 1,500. That's where we nabbed him at. But on Monday, Tuesday, and then eventually Wednesday, he was down around like plus 800, plus 750, depending on what sports book you're looking at, in a live bet option. So very interesting to see that. I'm glad we got him when we did. Now, we did have some rough stuff, you know, top 10 picks. Jones and Johnson. Before the break, so 52 laps in, those guys were looking splendid. I think Johnson was third when the rain first hit on Sunday, and you had to see him on the ticker, you know, every day that went by. He's up there, and and Eric Jones was also very good. He was high up in the top 10 at the break, and he was up there for most of the race. I mean, he was contending. Now, Johnson fell off, and we're going to talk a lot more about him on this podcast, but Eric Jones was up there competing and just didn't work out for him in the end. Uh, So our top 10s didn't work out, even though I, I still 
would go back and, and do that again. Those two picks felt good, and they just didn't pan out for us. Head-to-heads, we went two and two, a nice split. But I felt really good about the fact that Christopher Bell beat Matt DiBenedetto. He was my underdog pick, plus 100. And I was telling anyone that would listen, go with this pick. This is a solid value pick, and it really panned out for us. Bell was really performing well there in the late stages of that race. So um, even though we went 2-2 two and two in the head-to-head section, I was feeling pretty good about it. So coming out with a lot of money in our pockets with these last two races, only two races left. So we got to cash in now. And just some news and notes here before we get to Martinsville. Kyle Larson signing at Hendrick Motorsports. We talked about it a few episodes back. If free agency was available to bet on, we would have been all over this. Now, I think a lot of people probably would have said the same thing. But in any case, I mean, we were all over it. Larson to the five car. Anyone that's a big Reddit user. I mean, that was a meme from like 2015. Larson to the five confirmed. And uh, it the meme became reality. I mean, it was really uh, funny to see that. Jeff Gluck actually tweeted that out, uh, giving a slight nod to the Reddit users out there. Larson to the five confirmed was his tweet. And uh, just interesting to see. So next year will be, you know, that, that's interesting for us as the gambler because Larson taking a year off, he's a really good racer and, you know, getting into a, maybe better equipment, you would say. I mean, Hedrick Motorsports, but he's taken over the five car, so it's that fourth car. Uh, Very interesting stuff that we're going to have to dissect next year. So looking forward to that. Now, let's look ahead now to Martinsville, all right? The odds, I was actually really impressed with the sports books because as soon as the race ended, it was like 1 a.m., Wednesday night into Thursday, they already had the lines up. And I thought we were going to be delayed a little while here. I didn't think I was going to be able to put out a podcast till at least Saturday because it usually takes them a few days to get everything out there. But they had it all ready to go. So I love that. And um, the last time we raced here was earlier in 2020. We did have a race earlier this year. But it was a midweek race, so kind of a wonky situation They here on a Wednesday. But we did hit the first time around with Martin Truex, so pretty happy about that. Now, before we pick, we will just quickly touch on the Sean Boy track stats. So 143 races here, 21 times somebody has won from the pole. The last time it happened was Jimmy Johnson in 2013. Starting position here means a ton, all right? Starting in the top five, it's happened... 75 times the winner has started within the top five. That's good enough for 53%. So just half, 50-50 split. Flip a coin, and they're finishing, or they're starting in the top five, the winner is. Then extend that a little bit further out to the top 10. It happens 104 times in the past. That's 75% of the time. Three-fourths of the time, the winner has started within the top 10. So with all eight of our playoff drivers starting within the top 10, you know that that number is going to be tough to beat. Starting outside the top 20, it's only happened seven times in the history of Martinsville Speedway. So I would not think, because of what I just said about the playoff drivers, I would not think that that's going to happen this time around. It's it's going to be really tough for a wonky winner to break through. And as far as manufacturers are concerned with the track stats, the only thing to call out is the fact that Chevy is winless in the last eight races. Last time they won was with Johnson in 2016. So a little bit of a drought there for Chevy. Maybe for that reason, you avoid Chevy drivers. I think that's going to be my take for the most part um, on this podcast. Maybe one or two Chevy guys, but for the most part, avoiding Chevy, at least to win the race. So, breaking down 
the odds because we've got looking at the books we've got eight guys who have separated themselves on the odds list just way ahead of everyone else so those top eight guys they range from plus 350 to plus 1000 and then there's a huge drop off to plus 2500 and that driver at plus 2500 is alex bowman so you know you really kind of want to focus on those top eight guys you know within those guys who are you going to take now we could talk about some long shots maybe but for the most part i'm staying within that top eight group trying to weasel my way into the best value out of all of those guys so with all of that being said let's get right down to it to our money line picks and i'm going back to the well and that well would be Martin Truex Jr. He's going off as your money line favorite to win the race at plus 350. Now, I think at a short track like this, plus 350 is not too shabby. He is the back-to-back winner at this racetrack. So he won the fall race last year to clinch his ticket into the championship and won the 2020 race in June, like we said. So the question is, can he three-peat? That's really the, the big question. And I'm going to say for a plus 350 that he is going to three-peat. So looking at his last 10 races, two wins, five top fives, eight top tens. His average finish all time, 16.6. Not great because Truex, it's well-documented, not very great on short tracks early in his career, but lately. So if we look at Martinsville in his last 10 races, he jumps up to an average finish of 6.6. That's good enough for third out of everybody starting on Sunday. So he is really improving on this racetrack, I mean, you know, looking at the last six races, he has six straight top 10 finishes, and five of those six finishes are within the top five. So he has turned it around, and you could be talking to someone who might not follow NASCAR, and you might be able to convince them that they actually named Martinsville after him recently from the, the recent success that he's had here. So you combine all of that with the fact that, you know, he's in the playoffs right now, but is this a must-win scenario? I think you could make that argument. I, he's so far back in the points, I don't think too much chaos would happen to the point where he could point himself in. So a must-win scenario at a racetrack where he is very good, I think all of that equals a win for the 19 car. I mean, why not? He was great last week. You know, once again, a lot of this Second half of the season has just been like always the bridesmaid, never the bride for Truex. And last week was another one. I mean, he was up front leading laps, but his teammate comes in and takes uh, takes the win right away from him. So he's starting second. Both of his wins have come when he started in the top five. Just a lot of things pointing to the fact that it makes sense to throw some money down on Truex in the 19 team. So mark it down, plus 350, Truex, Martin at Martinsville. Now, we're going to move to somebody else and another one of his teammates sticking with the Joe Gibbs camp, and we're going with Denny Hamlin because of a few different reasons. Plus 550 is what he's going off at right now. He's in a weird spot, all right? Martinsville is a track that I think a lot of people equate Denny to. I mean, he, he stands out to you when you think of Martinsville. He's got five career wins here, so... It's weird in that lately at Martinsville, he hasn't been as good as he has been in the past. So in his last 10 races, he doesn't have a win, which is kind of surprising because, you know, you think of the, the races where he's been up front and things have just not worked out. You know, the incident with Chase and, you know, other things like that just happening to him later in the race. But 
Zero wins in the last 10, five top fives, six top tens. In 2020, he finished 24th, so not a good finish earlier in this year. But before that, he had three straight top five finishes. So that's really good. And his driver rating for his career is second out of everyone. So also something you want to look at. And his average finish all time is second amongst everyone. It's 9.9. Now, if you just focus on the last 10 races, he does go the other way from what we're used to seeing when guys that we bet on. He's eighth, and the average finish is 12.9. So it does go the opposite direction than what we like to see, but it's really because this is a track that he is good at historically, and this is the best season of his career. I mean, how is he going to go the best season of his career not winning at a racetrack like this that he's really good at. It just wouldn't surprise me for him to go out and snag this win. I mean, the, the question is, why not? Then you have the conversation about the playoffs and the cut line because he's above the cut line. But if you see someone like a Truex or, you know, Bowman or Kurt Busch leading the race, then that's going to throw off the cut line quite a bit and it's going to put him close to it. So I think Hamlin, you know, even though he's probably feeling pretty safe right now, that team is going out there saying, we we need to win this race. I, I don't want to just limp our way in because they have had some not so good finishes lately. So they don't want to limp into the championship race and, and try to take a shot at it from there. They want to go in with the momentum. So plus 550 is pretty solid. I really like Hamlin at this racetrack, and I like him in this spot. I think he does well when people kind of count him out. I know he's burned me in the past when I've said he's got no shot, so I'm locking in at plus 550 for the 11 card. Now, not everyone feels this way because we are getting uh, a check-in from Cousin Greg. Cousin Greg, lock of the week is Denny Hamlin outside the top five. Lock it in. So clearly Cousin Greg on the opposite end of that spectrum. And the reason why he's taking that is because they have odds right now to finish in the top five, yes or no. And Greg's playing the contrarian here. He wants to try to bet against people because he sees guys at the top of that list that you might get some good odds for them to finish outside. And Denny is one of them. He's minus 109 to not make the top five. So Greg's just banking on something bad happening to Denny in this case. So clearly he and I are at odds. So which one are you going to go with, me or Greg? I don't know. I mean, last time Greg was on the, the podcast, we talked about our fantasy NASCAR matchup, and he beat me just barely, but he did beat me. And since then, my team has been in a tailspin, lost eight straight matches, but made the playoffs miraculously, and now I'm in the semifinals versus Cousin Greg this weekend. So glad that he checked in, even though he is taking the opposite approach of my Moneyline pick to win in Denny Hamlin. So those are kind of the two big dog picks there. If you want to look for somebody a little bit outside the box, I'm taking Ryan Blaney at plus 900. All right, it's a different name. Blaney, also not in the playoffs, just like Bush last week. But if you're looking for someone who can win the race, who has the ability to win the race, and you get some good odds behind them, Blaney's one of them. So he has nine starts here, doesn't have a win, but four top fives, five top tens, and he's got three straight top five finishes. So in 2020, the, the June race, he started on the pole. Now, he didn't earn it, but started first and finished second. So what does that tell you? 
that tells you that with no practice or anything due to the COVID season, he was able to start up front and finished up front. He wasn't first, but just missed. So he has that ability to, to keep the car up there. And his driver rating at Martinsville in his young career is sixth out of everyone. Average finish in the last 10 races is fifth compared to everyone else, 11.7. So he's on the Penske squad. The Penske guys are really good here. We're going to talk about them in the prop section briefly. But if you're looking for that weird kind of outside-the-box pick, Blaney is that guy. Fourth is where he finished last week at Texas, or I guess last night from when I'm recording this. But he's coming on strong. I mean, he's not that guy that gets knocked out of the playoffs and, you know, really fades into the, the sunset there. He is finishing the season strong, and that's really what you want to see out of a guy like that, a younger guy who's got a good career ahead of him. Different pick, longer odds that can win the race, plus 900 in the 12 car. I'm all for it this weekend. So just to recap those Moneyline picks, Truex plus 350, Hamlin plus 550, and Blaney plus 900. Lock them in. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, you bunch of hot dogs. So this is normally what we call the prop section, even though this week, because we're trying to keep it a little more tight, a little more slim, we're going to make it less about props and more about some other things. So we're going to hit some top tens, talk about one prop, and then talk some daily fantasy picks, and maybe, if we have some time, some championship picks. So let's get to it. Top ten picks. There's one guy who jumps out to me because looking through the odds list, the first thing I wanted to look at, as I was putting together my stat list here, my notepad looking at the average finish and the driver ratings and those types of things. There was a guy who stood out to me. I wanted to see where he was with the odds to finish in the top 10, and he was plus 100. So that's right in our sweet spot. We're talking the 14 car, Clint Boyer. So he's plus 3,300 to win the race. Now, at Texas, he was threatening to win the race, which took me totally by surprise, but I loved it. All right, loved it. Even though I had Truex and Kyle right behind him, I was still loving seeing the, the 14 car up there. He's retiring, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Kurt in the head-to-head section. But to finish in the top 10, plus 100, and that's a really good value for a guy like this. So, you know, his recent finishes kind of scare me a bit, but let's talk about, you know, him overall here. Last 10 races, he has one win, two top fives, Four top tens. His win came in 2018, so not very long ago. It was the spring race. Driver rating is eighth, and his average finish all time here is seventh. Average finish is 14.4 for his career now. In the last two races, though, not great. You know, 17th and 35th were his last two starts here. So, you know, you have to take this pick with a grain of salt, but I'm saying the fact that you know, Martinsville overall has treated him pretty well, and he's going out in his career pretty strong here with those finishes last week and the week before. Clint's just uh, kind of going out and having fun, and that's what you want to see. It just would not shock me to see him up in the top 10. So lock it in, the 14 car going out with a bang here at Martinsville in his career, plus 100. Let's get it. Now, we'll switch over to someone who's actually in the playoff hunt, just barely, but he's in the playoff hunt, and he's going off at minus 109. It's Kurt Busch, so he is like 80-some points from the cut line. Absolute long shot to make the championship race. I don't think it's going to happen. It's a must win. I don't think Kurt's going to win the race this weekend. He's going off at 
plus 2,800, so definitely uh, a bit of a long shot there. I don't think he's going to get it done, but to finish in the top 10, I do think that that's doable. So, looking at his races here recently, his, he has three top 10s in his last 10 races. All right, that's it, but they've all come in the last four races. So, in 2018, he had a sixth-place finish. 2019, he had another sixth-place finish, and then earlier this year in 2020, he had a ninth-place finish. So when you're looking at the list of guys on the the sheet for Martinsville, as far as top 10s are concerned, who has the most top 10s? You're going down that list, and the guys who have the most, yeah, their odds to finish in the top 10 are astronomical. But then you get to Kirk Busch. He's got three of them, and compared to the guys below him, where they only have like two or, or one, they have better odds, longer odds, but... The stats just aren't there for you. So Kurt is in that sweet spot that we're looking for here. Minus 109 are the odds here for him. He's in the playoff hunt, and I like that because I don't think he's a guy that's going to panic. You know, he's in a must-win. He knows it, but he's a past champion. He's comfortable. He loves the spot that he's in. He's kind of just happy to be there. I don't think he's going to push it like somebody else we're going to talk about in the head-to-head section. So I think if they do have a solid race car, he is going to you know, keep it up in that top 10 and it'll do pretty well for him. So lock it in the one car minus 109 this weekend. So that's going to be the the top 10s. We're not going to do a third one, trying to keep it nice and quick this week. But I do want to touch on one prop bet. It's the team winning the race. And I'm going with Team Penske yet again. I took them last week. I'm taking them again this week. Plus 225 is what you're getting if you take Team Penske. That means you're getting Ryan Blaney, who we already called out as someone as kind of a bit of a wild card to win the race, but I like it. Brad Kislowski and Joey Logano. You get all three of those guys for plus 225. It's pretty solid. I like it as kind of like insurance, um, you know, in case my money line picks don't hit. And these guys are all really good here. I mean, their driver ratings, they are all right in a row. Brad has the fourth best. Logano has the fifth best. And Blaney has the sixth best driver rating. Average finish, it's kind of similar. I mean, Brad has the second best average finish. Blaney's got the fifth. Logano has the sixth. Like, these guys are up there. This is, if you're going to choose a team, this is the team pick that all three guys or everybody in that stable has a real chance to do some damage. So, Lock me in, plus 225 for Penske. Now I'm just going to call out some Daily Fantasy stuff. All right, that is now available, and we're able to get some real numbers here, unlike in the past few episodes. So I have actually was tinkering with my roster, and, you know, have, has anyone ever won when you just choose five of the six available slots? Like, just choose five big names and then throw in, like, a, a real shitty guy like Quinn Huff at the end just to fill in your roster. Like, has that ever worked? Or, or does it even let you just take five? I'm not even sure. But I was tinkering with that thought as I'm messing around with it. But I went back and, you know, made a real roster out of it. So I'm taking Hamlin. I talked about why I liked him to win the race. He's 10,200 hours on DraftKings right now. Then I also took Kyle Busch. I mean, I feel like I need to get some action here on Kyle. $9,600 for Kyle. Joey Logano just talked about how he's got some good stats here, 9,200. So three big guys right off the bat, right? We need those guys to perform if we're going to pay that much money for them. But I think those are three solid guys. Then we're talking about the, the bottom half of our roster, right? Matty D, 
7,000, pretty good value for Matty D because I think you're looking at your average finish for him for his career. But if you just look at his last 2020 race, actually, the, the one race that he was in the 21 car, he finished seventh. That was his best finish at Martinsville in his career. And I think that makes sense. So at $7,000 in DraftKings, I think that's worth the pick. Then we talk about the guy who beat him at Texas, Christopher Bell. He's going off $6,900. Now, Christopher didn't have a great race earlier this year, but you know, when you're down to this level, I think you're you're kind of scratching and clawing and see what you can get. So Christopher Bell, I'm going to bank on some momentum there coming out of Texas, 6900 bucks. Then my absolute discount pick is Ryan Newman. He's got some really decent stats here. I mean, pretty solid overall. His average finish is 12.7 in the last 10 races. That's not even for his career, right? Last 10, 12.7. So uh, solid stuff there. $6,500 is what he's going off at. So you can... Have all of those guys in your roster, have no money left over. That's going to be my roster this week for Daily Fantasy. I'll post that on Instagram as race day comes up at Full Tank Phil. Give us a follow there to, to follow along with some of these picks. So just to recap, it's Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Matt DiBenedetto, Christopher Bell, and Ryan Newman. That's the fantasy roster this week. I like that. That's a good squad, I think. Now, Talk about some championship picks. If you're someone who likes to live life on the edge like I do, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're probably a gambler, and I don't blame you. Let's talk about some wild championship picks, all right? So Chase Elliott is going off right now at plus 2,500. We're going to talk about Chase in the head-to-head section, and I'm not a huge fan of him this week. But if you are a huge Chase Elliott fan, now is the opportunity to really cash in because he knows that this is pretty much a must-win scenario, and you could make the argument that Chase could get it done this weekend. So if he does, his odds are going to absolutely skyrocket and get way, way shorter. But right now he's going off at plus 2,500 to win the championship. If he were to win this race, anything can happen at Phoenix. So I did the same thing with Blaney early on in the playoffs, or, or yeah, early on to make the round of 12. I'm kind of doing the same thing here with Chase just because I like to gamble. I like to get the best value possible. Now, if that's a little bit too rich for your blood, how about plus 1400 for Martin Truex? I talked about why he has a very good chance to win this race, and that would instantly throw him into the championship race. He's going off at plus 1400 to win the championship at this point in time. So those two guys make sense just to throw a little bit of money down on them. Like, why not? right? Because if one of those guys does shock everyone and go out and they get the must-win situation complete, well, now they're in the championship and you're not going to get them at that value. They're going to be right down there at like plus 300, plus 500, much worse than they are right now. So if you're someone who likes to kind of take a risk, those are a couple risks that might be worth taking if you're into that stuff. Vegas, baby! Vegas! So we'll finish it off with the head-to-head section this week. And just to recap last week, we put a an eight-leg parlay together for our lottery parlay, and we hit six of them. We just missed, and I'm kind of kicking myself, honestly, because one of the ones we missed was Hamlin versus Harvick. And a lot of times in those lottery parlays, I like doing the opposite of what I've picked early on, right? I already took Harvick over Hamlin in another bet, like a single bet. So a lot of times I like to kind of just do the opposite in those parlays just to mix it up a little bit. And I didn't this time. So I missed there. And then Reddick versus Austin Dillon. I was like, well, Dillon, you know, he won last time. So now it's Reddick's turn. 
missed that one as well. If I had just done the opposite, we would have been cashing a huge ticket, but I digress. Now, this week, we only have three picks, trying to keep it nice and short, and I was kind of thinking, you know what? We've been tying a lot recently, 2-2, a lot of pushes uh, a few weeks in a row, so let's just pick a side, right? We're either going to be down a week or, or up this week, so uh, let's just do it. So we'll get down to it here with a heavy-duty matchup, and they're both going off at minus 115, and that really, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense to me. So this is Kyle Busch versus Chase Elliott. Now, I think a lot of these picks or, or a couple of these picks that we're going to be talking about, I might be taking the Greg approach, the cousin Greg, the kind of contrarian, focusing on someone not doing well. And that may be the case with this matchup. But let's take a look at Kyle Busch. So uh, first thing you have to say about him is he's back. I mean, momentum is a hell of a thing. And he's finally got his win, monkey off of his back. So does that mean that the, the rest of the field needs to watch out these next couple of races? I don't know. I, I would think that he's going to be out for blood. So in his last 10 races at Martinsville, he's got two wins, eight top fives and eight top tens. So eight top fives. That is wild. Now, before the last two races, all right, he had no, he, he had some rough finishes the last two races, but before that, he had eight straight top five finishes. That is just phenomenal stuff for anyone at any racetrack. In that time span, average finish in his last 10 races, he is first on the circuit. 5.6 is his average finish. He has the most laps led, 937 laps led. His driver rating is third. So the point that I'm trying to make here is that the stats are there for Kyle Busch. I mean, no matter who you're looking at, to be honest, when I was looking at the odds, I was scanning, trying to figure out who Kyle was up against because I love the fact that he's coming off a win and he's very good at this racetrack. So I needed to say, you know, I want Kyle in some capacity this weekend. Who's he facing, right? Who's going to be the, the one that he's going to take on? And it just so happens that it's Chase Elliott. So that kind of put a smile on my face, honestly. And, you know, if you think I'm hating on Chase, like I'm actually a Chase fan. Like I, I enjoy Chase. I follow his career. But he has the opposite of momentum going for him right now. And once again, in the round of eight, he's falling apart. I mean, I talked about it before the first race of this round, saying, hey, these guys in the middle, who's going to go up? Who's going to go down? And Chase is just falling apart again. I don't know what it is. So I talked about how Kurt Busch in this scenario is a veteran, and he's not going to you know, complicate things. But I think Chase, in these races kind of pushes too hard and puts too much pressure on himself to to get it done and i think that actually works against him so this must win scenario i don't think it's going to play out for his favor this weekend so looking at his last nine races he only has nine starts here he has three top five finishes five top tens really solid average finish is 13.4 that's good enough for ninth and his driver rating is ninth so a lot of nines there actually nine races. He's ninth in average finish, ninth in driver rating, driving the nine car. So maybe he'll finish ninth, right? That's a kind of a weird thing, but he'll finish ninth. All right. I don't think Kyle will finish behind ninth. I think Kyle is going to be up towards the front. So, you know, even if Chase does put together a top 10 finish, I still think Kyle beats him. So looking at these guys head to head at Martinsville, that's really where it stands out. Kyle has a 7-2 to two lead in that season, sorry, in that 
career record at this racetrack. So they're both going off at even odds. I don't think that's going to be the case on race day, but in any case, I'm still taking Kyle minus 115 to beat Chase this Sunday. Now we'll focus on uh, a new matchup. I do not remember this matchup at all this season. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. And it's Ryan Newman minus 134. When was the last time you saw him as a heavy favorite? Taking on Bubba Wallace. So that got my attention because, like I said, haven't seen these two matched up against each other. And it's a, a fun little bet. So on the surface, you're saying to yourself, well, you know, Newman clearly is a better race car driver than Bubba Wallace. And if you take a look, you know, we, we talked about Newman, how we want him in our daily fantasy roster. You know, he's got some solid stats here. Five top 10 finishes in his last 10 races. He's seventh in average finish, 12.7. His driver rating is also pretty solid, so he knows this place. He's, he's pretty good here. And, you know, it makes sense that he would be a favorite. But you have to look at 2020 because he had that horrific wreck to start the year. And then after that, after some time off, he just hasn't been the same. So it makes sense that this matchup would even be entertained by the sports books. Earlier this year, he finished 12th at Martinsville, which is a really good finish for him in 2020. So he hasn't had a top 10 finish, I believe, since Daytona. So, you know, 12th is pretty good. Looking at Bubba, right, at the surface level, it doesn't look great. He's got five starts here, and his average finish is 21.8. So you automatically are like, well, of course. Like, why would I ever take Bubba in this matchup? But not so fast. Because if you look a little bit more detail, every race, he's either been even or improved upon his previous finish. So for his career, from the beginning, he had a 34th, a 34th, a 17th, 13th, and in 2020, an 11th place finish. So he's getting better at this racetrack. So that kind of gets your attention. Like, hey, if he improves again, he's in the top 10. Like, pretty crazy to think. But yeah, he'd be up there. Head-to-head at Martinsville, you think, well, Newman's going to wipe the floor with him with all of Newman's stats that we talked about. Not so fast again. Newman only has a 3-2 lead in the races they've been on the track at the same time. So that got me thinking, right? Newman just hasn't been the Newman that we have seen in the past. So maybe I'd still like him in my fantasy roster, but in this matchup, I think the odds kind of speak to you. Plus 100 for Wallace a little bit of a long shot, but why not? You know, the underdog deal worked out for us last week with Christopher Bell. So I'm going to double down and go for it again this week. Plus 100, Bubba Wallace, to improve again on his 11th place finish in the spring. We're going to think that he's in the top 10 this week and kind of shocking some people. So plus 100 for Bubba, lock it in. Now to finish off our head-to-head section, we're going to talk about the, the battle of the retirees, the old men, the guys who are hanging them up. Jimmy Johnson versus Clint Boyer. Now, we talked about Boyer finishing the top 10. This is another case where I'm kind of zeroing in on someone that I do not think is going to finish well and therefore taking the other guy. So, looking at Jimmy Johnson, I mean, he is the stats guy here. Driver rating is first out of everyone all time, and his average finish all time is first again. 9.3 is that number. And even in the last 10 races, which is usually the, the Jimmy Johnson stat, right? He, he has a great career finish, but in the last 10, he falls off. Well, last 10 races, he's actually 10th out of everyone, 14.8. He has nine career wins here. I mean, come on. That, that's ridiculous to have that many wins at a racetrack. And he finished 10th in 2020. 
His last 10 races, one win, one top five, three top 10. So that's really where you start to say, hmm, you know, nine wins, but only three top 10s in the last 10 races. That's that's a little weird, but still, he's the stack guy. Like, he's got all those things to hang his hat on. We talked about Clint earlier, you know, in his last 10, one win, two top fives, four top 10s. His average finish isn't great, 18.7, but he's just solid overall, and he's finishing stronger. That's really what comes out in the wash here to me. Johnson feels like, you know, week in and week out, you're seeing him strong early on in stage one, and then something happens, right? He was doing great at Texas last weekend, a racetrack that he is also very good at in his past, in his career. And then all of a sudden he's on pit road, the car's smoking everywhere, just like that's the luck that they're having. So I'm kind of banking. I don't think that fairy tale story, I was talking about it last week, how that fairy tale could happen. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I'm going with Clint Boyer strictly to beat him because I think Johnson's going to beat himself, trying to do too much. Looking at this racetrack head-to-head in the last seven races, Clint has a 5-2 to two lead over Johnson head-to-head. So for that reason, I'm taking Clint minus 115. I think it makes sense. And, you know, I'm doubling down on Clint, top 10, and beating Jimmy Johnson. So just to recap our head-to-head picks, only three of them this week. We're going Kyle Busch minus 115, Bubba Wallace in an underdog pick plus 100 over Ryan Newman, and Clint Boyer over Johnson minus 115. Now, just a couple throwaway notes here. You know, we've got all three series racing this weekend. We've got a nighttime Friday night truck race coming up this weekend, and I'm going to take a hard look at those matchups and, and who we like to win. But just on initial look, plus 550 for Matt Crafton. I know Cousin Greg loves Matt Crafton. Short track, I feel like Crafton could kind of get it done and shock some people here. So he's my lean early on in the truck race. But I'll definitely be diving into some head-to-head matchups for that one and put together a crazy parlay. And then in the Xfinity race, kind of a, a sad story Chase Briscoe is my pick. He's going off at plus 350 right now. He's he's one of the favorites. He's kind of tied with a, a couple other people. But Chase is going through some family issues at home. He faced a, a similar situation earlier this season and went out and got a win. So I'm kind of betting on him as more of a feel-good story because they need it in that household right now. So Chase Briscoe, plus 350, is my early lean for that one as well. Uh, keep an eye on the Instagram. I might update that. But he's. Uh, I think I'm actually going to lock that in, not even a lean. I'm, I'm going to bet on Chase to, to knock it in this weekend um, at Martinsville. Good for them, cheering for those guys there. So uh, future driver of the 14 car, I think, is going to win the Xfinity Series matchup. So that'll be the checkered flag on another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. We've got a jam-packed weekend of races with all three series in play. So make sure you give us a follow at Full Tank Phil on Instagram for any updated picks that we put out there. Keep your eyes peeled. We've only got a couple races left, so line your pockets with cash and get ready for that championship. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we will see you next time. Have no place to go. Have no place to go. Darling, have no place to go. 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 Have no place to go.
place to go. Goodbye, baby. 